Hi, this is Mark, and welcome to my podcast, Leeds Takes Two. In this podcast, I'll be joined by a guest each week to discuss all things Leeds United. We'll discuss match reviews and previews, latest news from the club, as well as some fun segments. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everybody to episode 5 of the Leeds Takes Two podcast. This week, I'm joined by my son Lucas once again. We've also got a guest appearance from Steve, who's going to give us his thoughts on Brighton. He's going to give us his thoughts on the game ahead this evening, which we'll talk about very shortly, and also his thoughts on the transfer window. So yeah, we've got a cameo from Steve. I've got Lucas alongside me for the entire episode. So yeah, lots going on today. Um, might as well dive straight in. We've got three games to review based on the length of time since we last recorded. So I'm going to get straight in there. Won't be too in-depth, but obviously we've got to relive the game. So um I'm going to start with, with Sunday the 21st of August, and that is Chelsea, th- sorry, Chelsea nil. Sorry, I said Chelsea first, more so Leeds three, Chelsea nil. Don't know why I mentioned them first, but yeah, I mean, probably some excitement I'm about to say to you, but yeah, the game itself was unbelievable. I've said this and I'll continue to say this, I think, for a long time, that it was the best game I'd seen at Elland Road for years. And, you know, I'll let Lucas give you his thoughts on, on what he thought of that game. But yeah, it was just sensational from start to finish. Everything went right for us. Everything just clicked, and for me, like I said, it was just a moment I'll never ever forget. So yeah, apologies for my excitement at the start of this, but yeah, I'm still sort of excited for it, and it's been uh, yeah, it's been another week since it was played. But um, yeah, story of the game, quite simply, I'm going to mention it because it's got relevance for later on. But Koulibaly got an early booking after nine minutes, and both sides kind of started with a bit of a back and forth, and the, you know they were getting at each other. Chelsea looked dangerous. I didn't think we were long far we were going to concede a goal. I thought it's coming, it's coming. Sterling looked dangerous, you know they looked good. But then, you know, against sort of against run of play, to a point, 33 minutes comes down and Aronson is chasing down Mendy, who was kicking was shocking all game. And he takes the ball off Mendy, much to everyone's surprise, including Mendy's, passes him, looks away and then hammers on it back at net, albeit from a yard out. But yeah, fantastic finish from Aronson in terms of the tenacity to run after the ball, to chase down, to press. You know, the, the sort of confidence he had to look away and then bang it in. I mean, to be fair, I'd put that in back at net probably from where he was, but... Yeah, I just thought 1-0, Southstone went wild. None of us could quite believe it. Felt like we deserved to have something from this game based on how it, how it was playing out. But yeah, it was just unbelievable. Like I said, scenes were, scenes were mad in Southstone. As were at rest of Elendor, let's not leave everybody else out. But you know, it's like where we sit, it just goes crazy. But yeah, went a bit crackers. And then, you know, after that, we sort of, for me, got in the ascendancy a little bit. We decided to start taking control. Chelsea always looked dangerous, but never quite had that final ball or, or quality in the final third. I think they lacked the entire game as per the story of the game, really. But just before sort of, um, you know, getting to, to the second goal, which came, Raheem Sterling just gets a booking. Again, I think he got frustrated and, and that sort of showed with the, with the booking for him. But we were getting to the skin a little bit and we could see as fans that we were doing that. We tried to translate that onto pitch, onto players. And, you know, we, we sort of tried to be that voice to push them and stuff. But, yeah, 37 minutes comes, like I say, no less than four minutes later. Harrison free kick, Rodrigo rises ice in box, beautiful header in the bottom corner, Mendy had no chance, 2-0. Again, scenes widely erupted behind us and everywhere else in stadium. Fans went crackers, it just went mad. And none of us could quite believe that it would turn up against Chelsea, but I think there was still that nervousness there because it's Leeds and we know what happened with Southampton. It was like, oh, here we go again. We're going we're gonna to fold, we're going to fold. Anyway, we got sort of to half-time, 2-0. No one could believe it. We're all sat there in disbelief, really, what we're unfolding in front of us and we all expected this second half collapse. It never came, luckily. Second half sort of came, you know, a couple of changes um, for both sides, really. But yeah, the sort of pre-icing on the cake, I'm going to call it in six and a half minutes, was Jack Harrison's goal, 3-0. 
you know, sort of ball came into the box, Rodrigo kind of touches it on Harrison, right place, right time, bit of a sideways scissor kick, we'll call it that for want of a better phrase, and uh, bang 3-0. Again, Mendy were nowhere to be seen. That point, I think we all relaxed, 70 minutes in, 3-0 up. You just felt like it was one of them days, and it just, everything clicked and we were buzzing, and I mean, you know, to be sat there 3-0 up against Chelsea, you sort of, I was looking around me thinking, am I, I'm in a dream. Did a dream this last night and I've woke up and about to get battered 5 0 or something. It was just unbelievable. But yeah, rafter changes came after that. You know, we brought Sinister on for, for a bit of a run out. Chilwell came on, Greenwood clicked, gelled out for us. And then, like I said before, with the pre icing on the cake, Kula Bali gets sent off after 84 minutes for, in my head, losing his mind. You know, he'd been booked earlier in game, which is why I mentioned it. And then, you know, Geldart went through on goal, he rags him back. Referee had no choice but second yellow card him. Off you go, time to go, ring down around stadium. Everyone knew at that point it was done. And all right, you might say that's 85 minutes in, so what more can be done? But this is Leeds. I thought I need to remind people of that. We've collapsed before, haven't we? But yeah, sort of saw the game out. They, they, they took Sterling off after 87 minutes and brought Asker Player on, so they must have been threatened about a fourth. I don't know, but it was a bit of a crazy uh, substitution to make. But yeah, final score with 3 0 Leeds, and yeah, we dominated ultimately in the end. I mean, Chelsea had their moments, but I do believe that we sort of, well, we did outrun them. We out. You know, we just outplayed them over the 90 minutes. Defensively, we were solid. Me and Lucas had a bit of a debate about man at match, and I, for this game, gave my man at match to Adams, and I thought Adams had one of his best games. All right, he's not had many for Leeds yet, but that, for me, was the best I'd seen him. He was just he just controlled Midland Park for me. Everything came through him. He started a lot off. He tidied up. He swept up where, you know, others might not have done it. He just did a complete job, and he was a force throughout all that game, and he kind of nullified their midfield a little bit, and he was just, yeah, he was just fantastic. And... Yeah, the shots of the people, obviously, and the Aronson, you know, for his for his work effort. You know, you had Aronson that non-stop worked hard. Defence as a unit, we could we could give them all man at match. But yeah, I think Aronson for me took my man at match. But um, yeah, fantastic result. One I hope to see plenty more times before I yeah before my days are done at Elland Road. But yeah, well, like good old times. And I, I said to a few fans that I've been going to games for years that that felt like the old leads and it felt like the old times and it was just brilliant. So yeah. I'm going to move over to Lucas and I'll let him give you his, his thoughts on the game. But yeah, as you can imagine, it were uh, an exciting one for me. So I will shut up now and pass over to Lucas for his opinion on the game. I think we started off really well. 20 minutes, first 20 minutes were absolutely class. Um, obviously, pressing them, dominated them. Sterling got a goal disallowed, which left us more confident, I'd say, because we got that warning and we didn't let it happen again. We closed down Sterling, so he couldn't use his pace and he's a quick player, so... He couldn't like getting in and out at defenders. Thirty minute mark, Aronson closes Mendy down and Mendy was just not ready, we're half asleep and he slips. And then Aronson puts it into back at net. I think second goal, um Harrison won a free kick. Very good. But we're through on goal, if you could say. Sort of booking for Sterling. Uh Harrison, who won it, whips it in. Rodrigo uh, rose above all of the other players and nodded it on to other side at name, bottom corner and Mendy had no chance. It was looping over him with a really good header. Then second half comes, stadium were really nervous because obviously previous week 2-2 with Southampton, the comeback from 2-0 down. But Harrison, 70th minute, bang, goal, right place, right time. I think it will come in. And not many people say that because they thought Chelsea on top. But personally, I think with pace at, with, with pace at wingers, and their win-backs, I think, it was just a goal waiting to happen. And then you sort of felt the tension in the air, just drop at Ellen Road. And then finally, which properly sealed it, was Koulibaly getting a red card. Lost his head, didn't need to do it. 3-0 down. They've lost the game already. Just 
don't get sent off and keep your head and play next week. But lost his head, took Gelhart down in a front goal. And my man of the match was Harrison because we... Harrison uh, is my man of the match because he, um, he did non-stop work, crossing ball. And then he we just he just played absolutely brilliant. Adams were closely followed by that with the interceptions and the passes that he made. But yeah, I think overall a good performance and move on to next week. So yeah, obviously uh, good thoughts on that then. And um, yeah, like I said, it was obviously Lucas's you know best game I think he's ever seen at Elland Road. So yeah, you can imagine the excitement there. And like myself, a bit lost for words towards the end of his his, his review there because. I just don't think we can still quite believe it now. But um, yeah, so lying in sand under that one, we'll, we'll chalk that down to, to what it was and move swiftly on to the sort of first round of the Carabao Cup on Wednesday the 24th of August. Now, this one, we were away for this, as I said in my last episode, so I can't give you as in-depth review of this game as I would have done had I watched it or indeed, you know, being there myself. And we would have been there, I'd be been at home. But weirdly about this one is we listen to it on radio and it, it took me back to being a kid because... I used to do that every single Saturday and obviously other game-wise in Premier League when I first started following Leeds when I was eight years old and before I you know, was looking to get a season ticket 20-odd years ago, it, it just it just that was the way it was. You know, you listen to, to sort of Radio Air back then on a, on a Saturday and you'd sort of listen to that and, and that would be your way of uh, you know getting in touch with games and stuff like that. So it took me back a bit. So it was nice to listen to it back like, like the olden days again, but not the ideal in the age of you know so many ways of watching a game these days. It would have been nice to watch it, but... Yeah, had we been there, I think he'd have enjoyed it as well. But um, yeah, I'll run through it quite quickly, really. But yeah, team was, was as expected, a bit of a cup team. You know, Click got a start, well-deserved. Sinistera got a start again, well-deserved, because both needed to sort of show what they could do and, and get into the manager's thoughts, which I think they're still trying to do now. But yeah, quite quite simply, we were sort of on top a bit. We give Barnsley a bit of possession, but, you know, 21 minutes in Sinistera with a lovely solo effort, sort of finds him sending midfield with Paul few strides forward, opens up his body and bang, top bins, great finish, 1-0. At that point, I thought, yeah, we'll look all right here, we'll go on to Hammerham now, and I felt like it was going to be 4-5-0. Lo and behold, you know, 32nd minute, sort of, you know, Sinisera wins a penalty then from a beautiful cut inside, actually, from, from, from wing. Sort of, he probably would have got a shot off at some point, but yeah, gets hacked down, which is, um, yeah, quite rightly, you know, that's what's kind of what happens, quite rightly, a penalty. Mateus Click dispatches it without any hesitation, which is, again, you expect him to as an, you know, as an experienced player. Lovely penalty, to be fair. You know, we both thought it was a decent strike, having seen highlights after the day at game. Fantastic. Two and a you think, right, here we are. We're really going uh, really to put the sort of pump to the sword now and keep going. As it happened, we let him back in. And I'm not sure why we did that, because, again, if I were there, I'd have been able to give you a better explanation of that. But, yeah, Anderson for them on 35 minutes, just three minutes after they'd, we'd, we'd made it 2-0, they'd conceded the penalty. The score to make it 2-1, we thought, all right, bit of a game on here, let's get to half-time. Got even crazy on 42 minutes when we gave them a penalty, and I thought, right, OK, this is a typical cup tie. They then missed. There were, you know, shouts if did Melier get a touch on it, did he not hit the post? But yeah, ultimately, they missed the penalty. And then, as a result, I think one of their players got booked in, in the melee that ensued shortly after, um, which, again, was great to see all the players sticking up for themselves when that all kicked off between the two sides, but... Yeah, for me, it would have been handbags, and that does happen, doesn't it, in any game. But, um, yeah, just thought it were, were quite interesting. Um, yeah, again, second half. In fact, the melee started was later in the game, wasn't it? So I'm uh, I'm lying to you there. Again, you can see why I won there. But that's uh, that's a holidays do with you. Anyways, we move on. So, uh, yeah, second half comes, 57 minutes. Mateus Click decides that 
he wants to have his night there and, and have a go at getting a match ball. So, yeah, lovely finish to make it 3-1. At that point, I think we'd been dominating anyway. It kind of put us out of sight, I think, because Barnsley weren't getting another couple of goals to take it to penalties. And I think, um, yeah, that was just a case of, of, of that happening. But, um, yeah, that sort of all happened. And then, apologies to everyone listening, the melee was later on in the game. So I noticed we've got three other cards in a Well, three other cards in a row, two for us, one for them. They were a bit of a kick-off anyway, but the point I'm trying to make with this melee that happened, whether it were earlier or later in game, the players were sort of there for each other and it showed a real togetherness in that squad and you want to see that. You don't want to see players getting booked and punches being thrown, which I don't think any were, but both clubs have been charged then, I mean, they'll be failure to control the players. So I'm sure there'll be a fine for Leeds that'll go into Christmas coffers for uh, FA and, and league, but we won't talk about that on here. But yeah, that sort of saw the game out, didn't it? And uh, 3-1 into the next round. Got a beautiful, glamorous tie against Wolves in the next round at Molyneux. Fantastic. Can't think of a better draw. I'm sure you can uh, sense the sarcasm in my voice there. But um, yeah, not the best draw. But, you know, it might be a passage into round three. Who knows? But yeah, let's see what happens there. But yeah, 3-1. Job done. Professional performance, I think, is the best way to describe that. No player really did him send huge favours. I'd say Click put himself more at manager's thoughts in his third and maybe gave manager something to think about and might even get you know, more time tonight, which we'll talk about soon. But um, yeah, 3-1, next round at Cup, job done. So yeah, Lucas, I'd appreciate we listened to this on radio, but any thoughts on uh, on that game? I think a Cup game, you expected to beat Barnsley, the division below us. And I think, yeah, it was just a good 3-1 performance. I won't go into all goals in detail. But yeah, I think... First goal, good goal by Sinistera for about 25-yard outturned player. Goal, uh, nice penalty from Click, and then his second goal, right place, right time, just slotted in inside at nine. But yeah, overall good performance, gives players more confidence that didn't play in that win against Chelsea. And I just think it's squad rotation, rest your first-team players, give them time to recover before Brighton. But yeah, good performance. Wolves next round should beat them. Will we beat them? I'm not sure, but we'll have to see. Hopefully we'll beat them and it'll be a nice cut run we can go on this year. Perfect. And as I say, it's hard to sort of, you know, go through a game that we weren't able to watch because, um, yeah, as I say, if people go away, don't they? We all deserve a break in life. But yeah, I move swiftly on to kind of, yeah, game that I do want to talk about, but then it still leaves me a bit sour. But yeah, Saturday 27th of August, just gone. Obviously, Brighton won, Leeds United nil. <sighs> Difficult to talk about this and you'll hear from Steve for his own preview of this, or review, should I say, of this game, so he was there for us on the day. But, um, yeah, it was just one of them. I don't think we really did anything in first half. It was quite boring. You know, referee aside, it was shocking, if I'm honest with you, and I'm sure a lot of Leeds fans agree with that. It was just one of them games where nothing was going right for us. It was the opposite of Chelsea, really. You know, we weren't creating many chances. There were no touches in final third. They were just, it just weren't great, what it's. First half kind of ends. Second half started in same vein, really. You know, we didn't give Brighton loads, but we didn't create at the same time. And, you know, Sinister and Click both came on, actually. You know, given the performances at Barnes, well, against Barnsley in the in the week, they both came on at our mark, didn't they? And I think, you know, both tried to do what they could, but it was just one of them games. Brighton is set up really, really well, and I think they just did what they had to do. And, yeah, it's hard when there's not much action, but 66 minutes comes. You know, they exploited us again with this narrow formation, the fact that they got round back. And, you know, Pascal Gross, loads of time, if that's when I pronounce his name, he's got about 10 pronunciations, hasn't he? But yeah, he gets sort of space to run at our defence. Nice, neat little finish in the bottom corner. A little bit annoying, really, because you wouldn't argue that we deserve to win. You couldn't argue that Brighton didn't deserve that, but it was just better. And um, yeah, in terms of reviewing that game, it's difficult because there was one goal. 
you know, a limit if it was yellow cards go off for us, but ultimately, like I said, referee didn't find his book for them until the 81st minute and then booked a couple of their players, didn't he? But I just thought we looked lacklustre, we looked tired, it weren't a great performance. I thought we looked sort of okay at the back. For me, my man at match, and this tells you the story at game with Melier, I thought he made an absolutely outstanding save from one on one. And people might say, oh yeah, but it was just one of them, you know, where he, he made him seem big and that with that. But for me, it was just an outstanding save. I thought he did really well. And he sort of kept us in that game a couple of times. And I think, yeah, for me, Melier was sort of fantastic in that respect. And that's all I can say about that game. And we did, we watched it, you know, we were back on by them. We watched the game together. And um, yeah, I just feel like um, it was just one of them. But we'll chalk it down to first loss of the season. We were away at Brighton. We didn't expect to get anything from there. We never do win at Brighton, do we? And obviously, we brought that London curse last year with Brentford, didn't we? But um, yeah, I just felt like it were um, it was the poor game. And yeah, that's a lot. That's all I say about that. Really, you know, it's one of them where we just you know dust ourselves down and we go again. And obviously, we'll preview our next game very very shortly with you. But yeah, that's my thoughts on Brighton. I just thought we had to do better. But it also showed things we need to work on. And Marsh is still trying to bed his system in as much as people say he's had time. It's only four games in, and I think, you know, we still need to work on it, a lot to work on. That gave us some pointers, and um, we'll use them, and hopefully we'll, we'll improve on that tonight. So, um, yeah, your thoughts on Brighton, Lucas? There's not really much to say about Brighton. It were an awful game for Leeds. I think boring first half, cancelled each other out. Second half comes, we bring Sinistera on, and people say, yeah, he missed the sitter, should he gone with his left foot? Could make it 1-0 Leeds, it's a different game. But he went with his right foot and he's trying to curl it into the bottom corner at front post. Don't work and he misses. Then later on in the game, they go down to Vend, which I believe was against run of play because if that goal doesn't go in, I think I believe we're going to win that game because we were getting on top, starting to press, starting to gel together, but they broke. And, well, Pascal Gross put it in back at net and Melier couldn't really have done much. He'd made quite a few key saves to keep us in that game, but... Yeah, there's not much to say. My man match with Melier made some crucial saves. Not bad distrib- distribution, but yeah, not really much to say. Hopefully we can turn it round at the next game, which we're going to preview shortly. But yeah, I think, again, we're both in similar vein there. It's hard to sort of talk about a loss, and it's OK when you maybe lose 3-2 or you lose 2-1 and you've got some positives to take from it, but to sort of be beaten 1-0. There ain't a right lot you can say about it, is there? But I mean, you know, we, we did all right, and I think it's one of them that, again... You know, we learn from it and, and there were no panic stations. I mean, Twitter erupted massively, didn't it? And um, like I said, you'll hear Steve's thoughts in a moment around um, his own sort of view on that game from Brighton. So, like I say, it was there for us. So, yeah, I'll, um, I'm going to sort of let you listen to Steve's thoughts on that. We're going to have a sort of short sort of interlude where we go into that and, and you can hear Steve. And then we'll talk about previewing our next two games, which will be the exciting part because these are games that we're both looking forward to. So, um, yeah, I'm going to hand over to Steve now and then I shall uh, speak to you very, very shortly. Thanks, Mark. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, going into the game, we all knew it was going to be tough. Um, down at Brighton, it's Amex is one of them stadiums. It's uh, it's not been kind to us over the years. Um, I think we've got some sort of record going as well. Therefore, like most games, it's not even without a win. It's without even scoring. Um, so even though we're going into it, obviously, full confidence after a good win week before against Chelsea. We were still coming up against a good, well-organised side. They were coming in as well for confidence themselves. They've had two good wins so far as well this season. Um, obviously beating Scum away, beating West Ham away, point at home as well against Newcastle. So they were also unbeaten. Um, 
but as I say, it's always tricky down at Amex, so we knew it weren't going to be um, an easy game. First half, just really disappointing. We never got going at all. Um, I can't even remember us even having a chance to really in first half, apart from right at the very end when Dan James cut inside. From where we were sight, we had to tell whether it was inside box or not. Um, obviously, it was well outside box as it turned out, but it looked like uh, we got a penalty at that point. But best chances of that half, they all fell to Brighton. I think Webster missed a, missed a really good chance. Um, Edda from about seven yards, he's put it straight wide. Obviously, Trossard, uh, Marsh, uh, Gross, they were just at us all, all that first half as well, causing us some problems. But second half, we were looking much brighter. Um, we had a couple of couple of early chances. Um, Rodrigo snapped a shot inside area. Bread and butter safe, but keeper, but it was still a good chance. Um, we had one as well, it's fallen out to Aronson. He should have probably taken the shot on, to be fair. It just opened up nicely for him. I still can't believe he squared it back inside, but he obviously thought somebody else were in uh, were in a better position to score, which I don't know where they were looking at, because there was just nobody there when he squared it back inside. So that was another big chance gone. Um, and then obviously the Sinistera chance as well were you know, to be fair to him, he was stretching. I think he's gone in with his right leg. He should have probably gone in with his left, but it was one of them a bit of a Gaza 96 moment. You know, it's easy to look back and say, oh, I should have done this and he should have done that. I think he's just reacted at time. But the main thing for me is he's getting in them right positions. Um, it was a good run and it, obviously it was a, a good chance miss. Brighton as well, though, in second half, to be fair, obviously, apart from the goal, they still had plenty of chances. I think overall, um, if we're taking full game into context, they the, the did deserve win. I think just the way that the game was actually going, um, you start to think, wait a minute, all these chances, what they're missing, is it going to be a bit of a smash and grab or are we going to be able to nick a point out of it? Um, in terms of players, um, I thought the sort of usual guys again played well. Um, Aronson, I thought Adams were, were brilliant again. Um, a few disappointing performances though, I thought Christensen. I feel like I'm picking on him a bit this season, but he just doesn't team up to it at all. I know we've touched on it before, and then I think a few people thought after the Chelsea game, oh, he's actually had a good game there, but let's be honest, against Chelsea, he's up against Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who is not a winger. Um, so I think he had a bit of a pass, to be honest, with that game. Um, but he just seems to be everywhere where he shouldn't be and where you don't want him to be. Um, I thought Urente uh, were also very poor, to be honest. Um, just looking like a lot of times like he did last season, just giving a lot of loose passes away, putting himself under so much pressure, you know, he's just misplaced passes in and around box, they're picking up and just instantly giving them chances. So I still think uh, striker cock for me a bit a bit favoured two centre arse if we did get a decent left back in. Um I think as soon as Furpo's fit I probably will put him back in there. Um you know, I'm all for giving him a chance again. Um seeing how we get him, but we definitely need that left back. Uh, situation fixing. I obviously strikes doing a doing a job there, but he's you know he's definitely not definitely not a left back. So I think going into the game on Tuesday night against Everton, there's a couple of changes. What I'd like to see him make uh, personally is uh, I'd, I'd like to see Drammer in. Um, I think he deserves a chance. I've, I'd personally put Drammer in instead of Christensen. Um, Sinister as well, when he came on the other day, I thought he looked lively um, and I think he's somebody else as well who deserves a chance. I'd, I'd be looking at swapping Dan James as well for Sinistera. Will Marsh do that? I'm not too sure. I don't think he, he, he might not change things again. Um, but we'll have to wait and find out. But Tuesday now is, you know, it's, it, 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 it does make it become a, a bigger game. 
obviously after the result of the day, but I think it's a big game anyway, because realistically we're still going to be looking at these type of teams, um, you know, like City Everton, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth, you know, the teams who are going to be down there end of season, these are the ones that we need to be picking points up against. Obviously Everton's got off to a poor start, um, so their confidence is going to be down, but they're also going to be fired up for it as well, playing against us, so massive game, Tuesday night. Um, and yeah, we just need to get these uh, get these three points on board, and I think everyone's going to be uh, going to be back happy again. Typical Leeds sort of Twitter, if you like, after the game, you know, it's all back to doom and gloom again. But if somebody had said to you, you know, start season four games in, you're going to be above likes of Scum, Liverpool, Chelsea. I think we'd all just laughed at that. So um, you know, still a still a good start to the season, four games in. Um, still plenty of, plenty of work to do. Massively, massively need a striker. Um, I just don't think, you know, Bamford's just not going to be fit, is he? Let's be honest. Um, he's really struggling with injuries. We're saying at the start of the season, you know, we'll be lucky to get a season out of him, but I think now it's looking like we'll be lucky to get probably a dozen games out of him this year. So only a couple of days left for transfer, transfer window as well. So it's going to be tough, but, you know, striker in, still definitely need a left back. So yeah, let's uh, let's see what happens, and uh, yeah, hopefully get three points on Tuesday night. Nice one, cheers, mate. Thanks for your uh, contribution there, Steve. It's much appreciated. Obviously, um, yeah, that was Steve for you coming in with his on the ground reporting from Brighton. Funnily, he wasn't going to the game, and then he, he messaged me sort of after that and said, oh yeah, I'm at the game uh, at the weekend. So he decided to offer his services once again. So yeah, appreciate your contribution there, Steve. It's very much appreciated. So yeah, next up, we're on to previews and we're talking about two games we've got this week. First of which is tonight, the 30th of August. It's where we welcome Everton to Elland Road. Now, this for me is a chance to put, you know, the weekend behind us, the loss at Brighton. It's a chance to avenge for sort of, a, you know, a few players that maybe weren't up to par on, on, on you know, the weekend. And it just gives us a chance to get straight back into it and, and hopefully win a game. For me, Everton are 100% a beatable side. I feel like they've started, you know, stark contrast to how we've started. You know, they've struggled to pick up points, whereas we've been we've been fantastic so far. and probably ahead of schedule. I think it'll be a similar squad to, to Brighton. I don't think it'll make too many changes. As they alluded to, you know, is there an opportunity for Sinistera to come in? Could Drame come in? Could he shake it up and bring Cooper in? Who knows? You know, it all depends on on only person that knows that is Jesse Marsh, aren't they? And um, yeah, for me, probably be the same team. We might see the introduction of maybe one or two players on the hour mark again with the extended substitutions you can make now. But I think we'll see a very similar lineup. If well, not similar, the same lineup. Let's be quite honest about it. But yeah, I think there's a shout for for players to come in after previous performances. But I think Marsh will stick to what he knows. Prediction-wise, I'm going to go with, with Leeds 3, Everton 1. I think it's um, yeah three points for us all day long. I think we'll you know they'll struggle with our sort of high-energy tempo. You know We'll get at them really quick, I think, in first half and, and, and we'll sort of look to smother them a little bit. And like I said, they are quite weak in defence, I think, Everton this season. And they've got maybe Anthony Gordon, who's their only attacking threat. So I think they'll struggle. I've given them a goal. Maybe I've been too kind there, given that we blocked out you know Chelsea in the previous home game. But... Let's say for argument's sake and interest of uh, both fans to get something to cheer on night. But yeah, I think 3-1 leads. And I think for me, as I said, it's um, it's a chance. Because Everton arrivals, whether whether we like it or not, we stayed at Mexican University for last season. Everton did a similar thing. And, and you know, we both probably look at each other this year as two of the teams that might be down there again. I know our start to a league contrasts that and says we might not be down there. But 
I just feel like, you know, we've got to be realistic here and we have to treat these games as six-pointers. And maybe they won't turn out to be six-pointers, but I think there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, with having that sort of mentality against them tonight. But, yeah, I just think it'll be a positive result for us. I think it'll be a great crowd. Um, albeit it's a midweek game, which obviously can be uh, trickier because, like I said, Saturday afternoon's at three. Everyone's in a good mood. They've all been drinking since 10 o'clock at morning. Everyone's happy days. But on a Tuesday night at Ellen Road, everyone's working next day. A majority of people are working. You know, it might not be the same uh, same atmosphere, but I'm pretty sure we'll kick up a fuss anyway because Leeds are Leeds, aren't we? But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's his first time back since since the Chelsea game, given that we missed Barnsley. And, yeah, for me, I don't see anything other than, like I said, a positive Leeds result. And, um, yeah, I feel like there'll be a few few players that will uh, look to sort of avenge the weekend and show us that, you know, what, we're one-off. It would have blip. We'd never win down in Brighton anyway, and here it is we are. So, um, yeah, not much more to say on that for me. I just think, um, you know, Lampard, we don't like him. I'm not going to pretend I like him. Like Most Leeds fans don't like him. There's a bit of a personal grudge there, in my opinion, on, you know, with our fans and him. So there's always that added incentive now. And as I said, we know an Everton fan. And um, all last season I was saying to him, you're safe, you'll be all right, you're safe. And then they got worse and worse at Everton, didn't they? And in the end of the season, I was sort of hoping they'd go down in the hope that we'd stay up. So, yeah. It's always interesting. Tonight, I'm not, you know, fearing the worst. For, am I feeling about that? I'm not going to be, you know, wishing them to get beat. But obviously, they're playing leads, so I would have wanted them to win. But um, yeah, I just feel like, um, yeah, we should be able to go out there and do the job tonight, and hopefully bounce back from the weekend and have something to smile about again tomorrow morning. So yeah, Lucas, your thoughts on tonight's game? So I think first of all, squad up its same same starting eleven. You can bring. I think he'll bring Sinistera. Click on about sixtieth minute mark if it's not working. If it is, I think he'll keep it same to about 75th minute. My prediction is 2-1 leads. I think we'll be too good for him with his press. Harrison on wing with his pace. James on wing with his pace. They've got very slow full-back, so I think they'll be the areas that we need to target tonight. But I think um, that, yeah, it's an easy win. It's, it's a very easy win, in my opinion. They do not have a good squad. They rely on one player, and that is Anthony Gordon up top. I think he'll put one past us because he's a young, good, generational talent and I think he'll be one to watch tonight. But yeah, I think we just need to keep winning, keep performing and get that intensity and that same buzz around atmosphere like we did against Chelsea and I think it'll be a very good, positive performance. Yeah, I think that's uh, both agree. I think it's one of them that, you know, Luke has gone for a Leeds when I've gone for a Leeds when I think there's nothing other, in my opinion, than you can be predicted tonight. And, you know, predictions are just that, aren't they? Let's be honest with you. We just sort of pluck it out of the air. We, we sort of guess best we can. And sometimes the games is that, you know, completely different to what you think it's going to be. But, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, positive predictions both ends. And I'll move swiftly on to our sort of next game. Now, this is always a tricky one for me because it's the scene of such jubilation last season. But will it be the same this time round? Now I'm talking about Saturday the 3rd of September, this coming Saturday. And that is obviously Brentford versus Leeds. So yeah, tricky one because we're down in Brentford again. We're down south. You know, there's all this stigma with Leeds United that, you know, can, can we get a result, etc. We pulled it off last day of last season, which a lot of us will remember as a fantastic day. Those that were there will remember it even more. Yeah, it's hard because they've started all right, haven't they? And, you know, it's always difficult to predict two games in a row because we might get five injuries tonight, I've said before, and we'll try to predict, you know, what's going to happen tonight and then preempt what might happen at the weekend. But for me, I've always said you win your home games or you try and win your home games anyway, and then you get something away from home, you know, even one in two, one in three games, you're probably going to be safe. That's a mentality I've got about, about Brentford. So I've gone for a Brentford one leads one at the weekend. Hopefully that'll be the case. If we can keep the team tonight, you know, we can sort of come through with that, any injuries, any suspensions. 
we've got a fully fit squad to choose from. We've got a bit more depth this season. I feel like we'll sort of hopefully make it a great week for Leeds and four points in a row, which will put us in a really, really strong position. You know, to be putting 11 points on board in first sort of six games, to me, is huge. It took us a while last season to get to that. But yeah, Brentford are no mugs. They're now we play. I think we need to forget what happened at the end of last season because it was a bit of a, you know, they stayed up and they were just seeing their season out. We had to win. And I think the impetus was on Leeds last time to really go at Brentford and, and get a result. So, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not going to go sort of too negative and say that we're not going to beat them. But, you know, we can't really take last time into account given the size of the occasion and the fact that we just wanted that more than they did that day. But, yeah, if we come away with the point at weekend, I wouldn't be too disappointed with that. And I feel like it's doable because, as I say, we're playing well. And if we could just sort of put the way we played against Brighton behind us on our next away trip, which is obviously this coming Saturday, hopefully we can uh, we can sort of get to win, you know, get back to winning some points on road again. Because, as I've said, win at home, draw away, or try your best to draw some away games, and and, and we get to that 40, 40 point marker as, as quick as we can. Once we're there, we can think about kicking on, but let's just worry about getting to that particular point first. But, yeah, that's my prediction. Not going to sort of talk about scorers, because, again, who knows what's going to happen tonight and who's going to be playing and who's not. But, yeah, I think Leeds, Leeds to pick up a point on the road against Brentford would be yeah, would be massive, I think, in my opinion. So, yeah, Lucas, your thoughts on this Saturday's game? My prediction for Leeds-Brentford is 1-1. I think it's an hard place to go to is Brentford. They're a good side. We can't really take, we need to forget about last year. We got the second goal when they had nine men on pitch, so I think we just need to forget about that. Obviously, we needed to win. They had finished their season, stayed up, finished comfortably, mid-table. But yeah, one-one. I think I think we'll just keep going strong. I think no injuries tonight, no stupid red cards, and I think if we can get a point on the road, it sets us up nicely for the coming weeks because eleven points from six games. Bear in mind that we're Leeds United and we're not aiming for the top half of the table yet. I think it's a really strong start. So I think, yeah, 1-1, one, one, hopefully that will be the case. If not, a 2-1 lead and we can get three points, that would be absolutely amazing. I think that's really interesting what you just said there, Lou, as well, because, you know, I think as, as Leeds fans now, the expectation grows, doesn't it? So you beat Chelsea, your Champions League or, you know, Europa League next season, you lose to Brighton, you're going to get relegated and that's, that's just Leeds Twitter. It goes up and down and up and down and I call Leeds fans bipolar on Twitter and I don't mean that disrespectful way to people that have bipolar disorder. It's just, you know, when we win, we're the best club in the world and we're going to do this. When we lose, everyone hates us and we're sort of negative and it's like, oh, we're going to get relegated and you see that all the time, don't you? So, yeah, not in terms of the, the medical condition there but more so about the behaviour of Leeds fans and when we lose, we just get all negative, don't we, and defeat us but... If we win tonight and get a point at weekend, I'm sure we'll be I'll be buzzing again with that. And yeah, the expectation's high at the moment. Don't get me wrong, we started well and we're expecting to pick up points from games and we are gonna have a bad run at some point, I'm certain of that. Whether that comes now, whether that comes in six, seven weeks' time, who knows? But yeah, we just need to keep on playing our playing, picking up points as we go along. As I say, get to that magical forty point marker and then everything else will be a bonus in my opinion. Because all we can really hope for this season in my eyes is to stay up. Stay up mid table. And, and, you know, be comfortable in 13, 14 position, if not a little bit higher in league. We shouldn't be looking at top six and certainly not top four. I've seen a couple of people call for top four, but, yeah, we ain't going to finish there, boys and girls. I need to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, who knows? I could be wrong. I could be sat here in six months' time and, we, you know, we're in Champions League, but I very, very much doubt that'll be the case. But, um, yeah, I think great previews there. As I say, we tried our best to sort of look two games ahead here and then, you know, we'll come back to you afterwards and, and give you a reaction on that. So, yeah, I think great previews and, um, yeah, who knows? Let's see what happens. And um, yeah, fingers crossed, we're all celebrating four points in a few days' time. 
Right, so now the exciting business of, you know, reviewing and previewing games is over. It's now time to sort of move on to club news. Now, there's not a right lot going on around the club again. You know, I'm hoping to bring you some exciting topics to discuss every week. But, you know, sadly, there ain't a lot going on. So it's a bit of a similar pattern to, to previous episodes, but we'll go into it anyway. So, yeah, first one I want to start with is transfer deadline. You know, we know that the transfer window sort of slams shut at the end of this week. We're all sort of expecting and hoping that we sign more players. You know, there's there's sort of a heavy, heavy need for me for a striker and a left-back. I mean, I'm not preaching to choir here. You know, we've got the fact that Bamford's unreliable at the moment. His injuries seem to, to to sort of, you know, limit him to limited game time. And I think it'll happen again this season. Rodrigo's doing a cracking job up top. You know, he's, he's scoring goals. But again, we need that backup. And I think Geldart and Greenwood are fantastic as they are. But for me, just that proven striker, to sit behind them both in, in the pecking order would work really well and I think it'd allow us to have a bit more depth. So yeah, I think we're crying out for a striker, but for me, if you gave me an option, I'd take a left back all day long. I think, you know, we've had strike play in there, you know, we've got other players, like younger players that can come in, but we need a proper recognised Premier League left back, in my opinion. And I appreciate we've got players coming back from injuries like Furpo, like Ailing that can play on both sides. But yeah, I think why not just take that risk and get a proper established, you know, recognised left back that'll just give us that extra bit that we need. And um, yeah, I just think we, we lack that at times, don't we? And as I say, that's off to strike was done a fantastic job there. But yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one that because he's big and he's a bit of a physical presence at that side of the defence. And you'd argue that if you don't get that position, does he force his way into a centre-half pairing at the moment? Probably not. But, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because he's a young lad. And like I said, he was a standout young player for me last season, as I said on another, on another podcast that I do. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really difficult. But I just think in certain games, you can see where he's lacking the positional awareness that maybe an experienced left-back would have. And, um, yeah, I think that's something we need to look at. But I'm not expecting anything in midfield. I think we're quite rich in midfielders now. I think defence-wise, we're quite set in terms of everywhere else, apart from left-back. I think keepers, well, we've got the three keepers that we're going to need. So for me, if anything, we're going to get a striker or left back in out. Let's be honest with you. But um, will we get either? This is Leeds United after all. Who knows? But um, yeah, I think again, I've had no rumours, nothing firm. You know, the Adams rumour started again as a striker. Didn't really turn into anything. He's scoring goals for Southampton now. He's getting minutes. Why would he maybe move to sit behind Rodrigo or Bamford when fit? So I don't know about Adams. Maybe he's, he's got it right where he is. And again, we left back. Nothing. I said in a previous episode, I love like a Lucas Dina kind of character. I think he's you know someone that's got a bit of pace, experience, sort of knows how to whip a ball into a box, you know, especially when we're at Everton, he were cracking one he as a left back. But yeah, someone like him, I think, would be perfect. Not him necessarily, but of that similar vein. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll talk about this next week when deadline, you know, when windows sort of shut firmly and we can sort of see how we are. But I'm not fully expecting to sign anybody. And again, the rumours are quiet, but is that good? Because with Leeds, a lot of our business has been done under radar, hasn't it, recently? And maybe they'll surprise us by bringing in these players and suddenly you'll get, you know, as they do, announcing them on social media and bang, they're in. But, um, yeah, if we do, fantastic. If we don't, I guess we'll just have to get by, won't we? And hopefully it doesn't cost us like it did at times last season by operating, you know, light in certain departments. So, um, yeah, I do think we need those two positions in. I know a lot more people are saying we need more reinforcements in midfield, but we click and for sure ready to step in and play positions that are filled in by by Adams, by sort of Rocker, you know, by Aronson. I feel like midfield's all right, to be honest with you, this season. I think we'll be all right. Let's get loads of injuries. I think we're covered. But, um, yeah, that's my thoughts, Luke. What about you? I think a striker, it's it's not necessary. It'd be nice, but it's not necessary. I think we can cope without strikers. You have got Bamford, who I don't think he'll get many minutes this year because of his injuries. But I think you've still got him there as an option. Rodrigo's doing cracking up top. I think have a class season. 
I think you can put James up there. I know people don't think it works, but against sides of a slot back with them balls over the top with his pace, you could put him up top. You've got Joff Hughes on bench who can make an impact. Worst case scenario, he can play a full 90 minutes. He's not experienced, but I think he's capable in doing that. But yeah, I think striker would be nice. Do we need it? I don't think we do. But left back, I think that's crucial because, in my opinion, striker just not he's not a left back. Like his positioning, as seen at Southampton for probably second go more than the first. I just think he's not a left back. And with Furpo with his injuries last season and this season, if he's out, he comes back for a game. He's out for another five or six. I think we just need. Like my dad said, a good, solid, prem left-back that will do the job there. Yeah, I think we've both agreed. And I think, like I said, I'm not preaching at choir there. I'm sure every Leeds fan agrees in the, the positions that we need. And some have probably got others in mind. But I don't know. Squad's pretty good as it is this year. So get those two positions shored up. And I think we're in for a good season as we've started. Next thing I want to sort of cover is that the home shirt finally came out. I know we've been talking about the away kit in previous episodes and how I don't like it. But others do, which is fine. Personal taste and all that but um, yeah home shirts finally came out so me and Luke's got his hands on them last week ordered them whilst we were away and they were waiting for us back at home on Friday so um, happy to finally get this year's colours because I had to wear my old shirt and I'm a bit of a stickler for wearing it I like to wear the, the most recent shirts at games and stuff it's just the way I've always been but that's sort of out firmly in my wardrobe now so I'm buzzing for that and then the third kit came out and to be honest I think I like it obviously they talk about the black kit with the sort of orange stripes and, and orange detailing on it the badge is in the middle, which has thrown a lot of people out because they're saying it's a very European thing to do and they don't like it. The badge should be on the side, which I, th- I kind of agree with. I also think if we're going to do different, it's doing different in a plain way and not looking like a block of cheese. So um, I'm all for that third kit, but I want to see it hanging up in the shop. So I think I'm going to hold back on that. I'm going to go down to the shop when it comes out and um, and sort of get that get that looked at. But yeah, home kit's great. And I mean, I want to buy, I need to buy two smaller kits yet, one for my youngest and then my uh, nephew that's due in December. So, um, yeah, I do need to get two more shirts yet, but they've not come out just yet. So that's my only other gripe with club. I do up and get the baby kits out. So there's a lot of people on there, future Leeds fans, that want to don the colours. But, um, yeah, happy with that. And I just thought it'd be worth an update because, yeah, for fans, I've seen loads of this home shirt. I mean, I've seen more home shirts in a way, but people tend to be playing safe, don't they? But, yeah, Luke, I want to get your thoughts on that third kit because as a younger generation of Leeds fan, it might appeal to you, but um, yeah, if you want to give us your thoughts on that. I really like the third kit. I think the black with the stripes, and I, I like the orange on the side because you don't want too much orange as it's not known lead. Leads are yellow, blue and white. So I think a bit of orange on the stripes is different. I'm just not sure on the badge. Like, you wear your badge on your heart and not in the middle. So, like people said, it's a European thing. Do I think it looks nice? Yeah, but I would prefer the badge on the left-hand side and not in the middle. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think the badge has divided a lot of people. I mean, let's be honest, let's go back to when we redesigned this kit as badge. And we had that, you know, that Leeds, Leeds, Leeds badge that when it came out, I think everyone thought it was an April Fool. And I just remember being sat at work when that came out. The amount of, uh, yeah, the amount of views that I got from non-Leeds fans was, was ridiculous that day. And um, obviously the club, luckily, rescinded on that. So the badge has always been, what I'm trying to get at here, the badge is something that people are sort of synonymous with. And it's your colours, in it? It's your badge. It's how you identify as a club. And yeah, I think it always has to be on that side. but. Again, we might like it. You know, we see it on players and they're going to look better because let's be honest with you, you know, your likes of your Adams and your Harrisons and your Rodrigo's wearing kit, 
it's better than Dave from Basin, and it? it was you know maybe not got the the physique that these players have got. So it's always hard because you judge it on players. You go, oh, it looks all right. That then you try it on, you think, oh, I've put a bit more timber on than them players have. So uh, maybe it don't look as good as I thought. But certainly, yeah, one to divide opinion again, and we won't be leads would we if we didn't uh, want to debate about it all. So. Um, yeah, it's a healthy debate, but um, yeah, one that I think will rage on until people actually see it and know it and love it. But as I've always said with kids, you like it, you buy it. You don't like it, you don't buy it. Quite simple, isn't it, really? The final sort of thing I want to shout out this week is under-21s. We're absolutely dominating. I mean, they're currently sat top of Premier League 2's Division 2, unbeaten on 10 points currently. And I think the under-21s are absolutely flying again, and that's testament to youth set up at Ellen Road. We've always had a good youth squad, as we all know, and I know they had a sort of up and down season last year did the under 21s but they've started so well you know you've got Matteo Joseph and, and Sonny Perkins on five goals apiece you know Gayabi got his first goal versus Forest overnight didn't he for them and you just look at that and how, how lucky are we to have that, that youth team that we've got and I think a lot of them might break through you know you've got sort of people in there that are into in first team and then back in at 21s as they're now known and for me it just it's a really good breeding ground for future Elite United and obviously some of them are playing cups you know, some of them will sit on bench week in, week out. But for me, if Joseph and, Joseph and Perkins are exactly like Greenwood and Geldart were last season, they're doing exactly what they did. They're assisting each other. They're scoring a lot of goals and they're sort of up there at the top of scoring charts and stuff. And they're flying, aren't they? But I think for me, Perkins is a special, special player. I know we've seen Joseph and he's scored some goals as a forward. But for me, this Perkins, the way West Ham kicked off, I said it before, didn't I, in last episode, the way that they're kicking off about him going at West Ham, there's something special about the kid. And I just thought that his development He's going on the same trajectory that I think it is. But then I thought that with Geldart, and I think Geldart's levelled out now, and he's, he's improving. But I just think Perkins is destined for massive things, and whether that's at Leeds or not, or we end up selling him on for a massive fee, I don't know. But I'm really excited about that kid, and I'd like to see him break through at some point this year, maybe in you know, Cup, FA Cup, something like that, maybe give him a run out in league at some point. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say well done to Under-21s so for having a really, really fantastic start to the season, and, and, and sort of long may it continue. But yeah, any thoughts on the uh, under-21 domination, Lucas? I think it's good. It just shows that we've got a good youth set up. And, well, it's it's good to know that in that future, if Perkins and Joseph, Gell, Hart, Greenwood do stay, we'll have a real solid foundation in the 11th that start future in Leeds. And obviously, uh, the ones that are on loan, Shackleton and the other players that are out. But yeah, I think it's good. shows that we've got a good set up and Giabi, I think he's going to be a special player he's not talked about enough he's come from City not really seen much of him but I, from the, I know it's only clips but from the clips that I have seen he looks like a really good technical player and he's going to I think he's going to be a player like Sinistera and he's going to be a good impact sub and maybe the left wing of Leeds United in the future Perfect I think yeah I think similar thoughts to myself I think it'll be good to sort of see how these 21s transition into the first team and, and obviously we'll enjoy watching him in the meantime in 21s because there's some cracking games that have gone on so far and we've scored a lot of goals in that. I think we've got 14 goals altogether, so we are knocking a few teams for six here. So, um, yeah, long may that continue, and obviously it'll only benefit the, the first team if that happens. So, yeah, that is pretty much everything I want to cover today. So I kind of want to put my record again, put, actually put on record my thanks, should I say, to sort of Lucas, and obviously our roving reporter, Steve, once again for his uh, valuable contributions. You know, again, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. I think it's something that is growing. We're only five episodes in, so yeah, we're trying new things. Any suggestions people have got, let me know. 
If you want to be a guest on the show, again, let me know. I say this every week to people, do you want to be a guest? Come on, I'm looking for guests in future. You're all rather quiet on that score. So, yeah, feel free to get in touch with me and I'll, I'll get you on the show and we can uh, yeah, have you as a future guest. But one final shout-out I'll give you is to our Twitter account. It's the only thing we're on at the moment, social media-wise. So we're on Twitter at Leeds TT Podcast. I shall repeat that as I always do. It's at Leeds TT Podcast. Obviously, all the episode links are on there. I'll be putting some polls and stuff out. You know, we're trying to interact with people on there in terms of ideas and things like that. And again, if you want to join us on the show, reach out to us on there and I shall uh, yeah, I shall get in touch with you and we'll chat further. So all that's left for me to do is, is say thanks once again for tuning in and listening to us. Again, I hope you've enjoyed yourself as much as we do. And yeah, Lucas, thanks again for your valuable contributions. Thank so, you. Have a good day, everybody. So that was episode five of the Leeds Takes Two podcast. I'd once again like to thank my son Lucas as well as Steve for their contributions. They are appreciated as always. As I said in the main show, if you'd like to take part as a future guest, please go over to our Twitter page at Leeds TT Podcast. I'll repeat that, at Leeds TT Podcast. Send me a message, we'll have a chat and we'll get you on the show. I'm quite happy to get any guests on from anywhere in the world as well. So yeah, no matter where you are, hit us up. And I'd just like to thank everybody that's listened so far. Really do appreciate every one of you for listening to us and obviously following our journey. Again, if you've got any feedback, any ideas, give me a shout and we'll chat. But obviously have a great day, everybody, and thanks once again. Goodbye.